Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Welcome to this special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. In just a minute, you're going to hear myself and my wife and business partner, AJ, do a debrief recap and summary of our most recent interview with our big takeaways. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to let you know that people often ask us, What is the first step to building a personal brand? And if that is you or someone you know, then you have come to the right place because we have put together for you a free video short course to help you get started. Just visit firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get access. In it, we're going to walk you through what exactly is the genesis of a personal brand and the six key questions that every personal brand must be able to answer, but that almost none ever do. So go ahead and visit again, firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get started, and we'll see you there. Now on with the recap. Well, I am sad that I have to have this discussion with you or to share this bit of content, but I'm afraid that I do. I'm afraid that this is necessary. And what we're going to talk about today is how to win a lawsuit. How to win in a lawsuit. The uh, th- there are, it is a reality, unfortunate reality of life that you may end up in a lawsuit. In fact, I remember one time talking to my friend and our client, Kevin, Kevin Harrington, who is one of the original sharks on Shark Tank. And Kevin said to me, he said, Rory, the you'll know you're really starting to get to be successful when somebody sues you. And the more successful you get, the more likely it is that at some point you're going to end up in a lawsuit. And so that's why, you know, go go back and listen to the interview that I did with Rebecca Zong on negotiating with narcissists. Such an a powerful interview, such a useful and tactical interview to understand just the psyche of who these people are and how they got to be that way. And also to to give you some hope and some to to have uh, you know some encouragement because it can be a very very difficult situation. Also, her book "Slay the Bully" is out. It will be out soon. If you're just listening to this podcast, there's still some pre-order bonuses you can get. And some of you, if you're listening to this later, you can check it out. And she probably has some bonuses still available on her site. But we wanted to release this early so that you had a chance to still take advantage of some of her pre-order bonuses. And and she's dynamite. She's one of our our clients. I've learned a ton from her. Uh, she is the the preeminent expert in the world on negotiating with narcissists. And so that inspired me to share something that I've never shared 
which is just in general, I'm going to share with you seven ideas for how to win in a lawsuit. And she wasn't necessarily talking about lawsuits, but you know, she is a lawyer and uh, you know, has been a high profile divorce attorney and and this does come up. And so I wanted to share it with you and I'm going to have to do this one from a, a little bit of a don't ask me how I know, but let's just say that I have been involved in multiple lawsuits and it really is for someone, if you are a mission-driven messenger, if you're someone like that, if you're someone who is in our audience, you listen to this show, this is a really difficult thing because you may have done everything in your power to never get in a lawsuit. You may have never thought you would be end up in a lawsuit, and yet you find yourself in one one day, and it can be so discouraging because you'll be shocked at how you're someone who wants to pursue the right thing and yet you end up in a lawsuit and it's a very, very scary, can be a very, very scary situation. So I'm going to walk you through seven things that these are seven things that I wish somebody would have told me, you know, kind of as an entrepreneur before I'd ever had a lawsuit so that if I had ever gotten into one, which I have been in multiple ones now, that I would have known. Okay. And so here's the first thing. The first thing to know, and I don't know who said this quote, but it's a good one, that sometimes the only way to win a fight is to not have one. And in particular, when it comes to lawsuits, this is one where I really would encourage you to, if you can avoid it, avoid it. The only people who really win in a lawsuit are the lawyers. And I don't I don't mean that in a rude way, but that's you know something that people say. And I have found that to be true. And it's it's not like they win and everybody loses, but but they get paid no matter who wins and who loses, right? They typically are going to get paid. And so they make they make money in some cases. This is not every lawyer, but something that you just got to know logically is even if you're talking to a lawyer on your side, they get paid. The longer the lawsuit goes on and the more time it takes, the more money they get paid, right? So most lawyers are paid hourly. So they're not necessarily aligned with you on an incentive basis. Uh, the incentives aren't necessarily aligned to end things quickly because they make their money from the time that they spend. Now, I don't think that every lawyer nickels and dimes people and tries to like drag it out as long as possible. I'm just saying- you got to pay attention when you pay attention to behavior, how people, what people are incentivized to do. And lawyers, most of them that are paid hourly, they're incent, they're not incentivized to do things the fastest possible way necessarily. So be aware of that. But the other thing is now some lawyers are paid on contingency, meaning it's basically like commission where they get a percentage of a settlement or the percentage of, of, you know, whatever, if you win, if you lose, they get nothing. And, you know that can be a very powerful a very powerful person to have in in your corner and it was for us we had an amazing lawyer and and it was our hourly lawyers who referred us to a contingency attorney for one of the lawsuits that we were involved with which ended up being a really really a huge blessing in our life and I'm so grateful to Doug and other lawyers that we've met along the way who've been important assets and and advocates for us in our life and so the but the thing I want to say here is you don't want to get into a lawsuit. You want to try to steer clear of it because as you're about to hear, it's painful. 
And it can be very, very, it's very financially draining, right? We've spent lots and lots and lots of money over six figures. We well, well, well into six figures we spent on lawyers. And that is a very tough way to lose money. So if you can avoid the lawsuit, swallow your pride, apologize, right? Like make things right. Do what you can to stay out of it. Because sometimes the best way to win a fight is to not have one. And I, and generally speaking, this is the case. And when we get to number seven here, you'll understand really why. By the time we get through all of them, and especially number seven, you'll, you'll understand why. And so that's the first thing. Try to avoid the lawsuit. The second thing, and this may be simple, but it's worth saying, is avoid crazy people. <laughs> like as much as you can, try not to be in business with crazy people. I love when Dave Ramsey has this thing, you know, when he talks about hiring and he says, you know, one of the things that they do at their company is they always interview the spouses of the people before they hire them. So when they decide they get all the way through the, the selection process and they go, oh, I want to hire this person. The last thing they do is like, go have dinner with the spouse because they want to make sure not only is the person they're hiring not crazy, they want to make sure they're not married to crazy, as Dave says. And there's a lot of wisdom in that because you get drawn into the drama of people's personal lives. And that's a part of this when I'm talking about is going, you might think that being around somebody who is crazy on the weekends or who's a big time partier or whose spouse is pretty wild for like whatever that means, you know, the, the Bible would would call it, you know, engaged in wild living uh, in the story of the prodigal son, right? You might think, oh, that's never going to affect me because that's not me. And I want to tell you that that was, is a naive way to think that when people are engaged in wild living, whatever your version is of that, I'm telling you that proximity is power, just like proximity is power and you can get drawn into good things. You get drawn into the drama of the people around you as well. And you can be a completely innocent bystander to some choices that people make in their personal life that suddenly overtake you. That because you work together or they're your customer or you're their customer or they're your vendor or you're their vendor or you're their business partner, they're your business partner or like you're, you know, their, their spouse is wild and they're a friend of yours. And it's like, suddenly you're in a car together and one of them is driving drunk. Right. And you go like, Whoa, how did I get here? And a lawsuit can be like that. You can get sucked into things that really don't have anything to do with you. And I'm not just speaking from, I'm not just necessarily talking about my experience, but my friends, other entrepreneurs, people I know, you know, our clients, we, we hear and see a lot of stuff. And so you want to try to just not be around people who engage in wild living and do wild things because they they will pull you into what they're into sooner or later, willingly or not. Like there's a lot to be said for that. And if you have a customer who is giving you a lot of like weird signs in your sales process, don't sell to them. This literally happened to AJ and I, I mean, this has happened multiple times where we will fire a client and this happened to us recently where there was some language that a client was using with us early in the relationship and we're like, you know what? We're not gonna do this. We're deciding that we're not gonna work with this person and we unwind it because it's not worth getting involved with people who are super high drama that have 
absolutely outrageous, unrealistic expectations who lose their temper, people who fly off the handle, people who are doing crazy stuff in their personal life. It's like, to the extent that you can, try to stay away from crazy. Try to stay away from dramatic. Try to stay away from unreasonable. And try to stay away from just like outlandish, exotic, like I just use the, the biblical term, wild living, because you get caught up in that even if you don't mean to. So that's the second thing. The third thing, and this is something I really, the, this is one of the most tactical pieces of advice I wish somebody would have told me when I, when I, they say, Roy, you're going to be an entrepreneur. You're going to be in a lawsuit at some point. Don't read the lawyer letters. Don't read the lawyer letters. So here's what happens in a lawsuit. You know, you get, once you get to the point of like hiring letters, these lawyers, before they get to court, a huge part of the negotiation is trying to generate emotion and get you pissed off and angry and scared and like frustrated. And because they know that the more emotion they stir up in you, the more likely you are to acquiesce to their terms, right? So if somebody can make your life, it's part of my language, if someone can make your life a living hell, they know by doing that, that you're going to be more likely to want to just end it quickly or to surrender or to give up or to give in or to quit. And so a huge part of the letter writing that happens back and forth, it is nothing to do with truth. It has everything to do with getting you pissed off and emotion and they will lie. And this is something that has been very sad for me. I've been involved with situations where I could not imagine people that would lie, lie through their teeth, blatantly lie, and they will do it just to get their way, to win at all costs, to take advantage of you. And one of the things they'll do, and a lot of times what people will do if they're skilled in legal battles, they will hire the nastiest, scariest letter writing attorneys, and they will hire them for the skill set of being able to intimidate you and scare you and threaten you and twist the truth. And those letters are not like part of evidence. They're not like things that get ad ad admiss. They're not like admissible in court, but this is what the, this is how it works. And so when they send a letter and you read it, you think that what this is, is a matter of settling what is the fair thing. And it's not that, right? If you are somebody who is a naive, heart-centered, service-centered, mission-driven messenger, and believe me, that is me. I operate from a sense of altruism and a sense of service and kindness and, and believing that if I treat people nicely, it'll come back to me. And that's worked really, really well. But it is also a place where I've had to learn a hard lesson that people will they will play on that and they will threaten you and they will lie and they will they will twist the truth to make you feel like you are the person who has done something wrong and they do that as a negotiation tactic and so part of why you need to have a lawyer is so that you don't waste your time reading the letters because the letters don't have to be factual whatsoever 
And so related to that, I would say, don't take things personal. This is part of number three is like, once you're into a legal situation, don't take things personal because they're trying to make it personal. They're trying to get a rise out of you because they want you to want to resolve the situation. They want you to want to acquiesce. They want you to want to surrender. And so the more objective and logical and, and unemotional and even killed you can remain, the better off you're going to be just a me mentally and emotionally. And again, that's why it's like, if you can, if you can avoid a lawsuit, avoid the lawsuit altogether. So that's number three, don't read the letters and don't take things personal. Number four is keep meticulous documentation. Keep meticulous documentation. Now, before a lawsuit, what happens is it's all hot air. <laughs> People are, you know, saying stuff back and forth, making claims, you know, arguing, you know, intimidating, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all basically hot air until you actually get to a courtroom. When you get to a courtroom, it actually often becomes very black and white. And it's like, what is documented? And so the person who has more documentation is going to have the upper hand, right? So this ties in, these next three all sort of tie in together. So you want to keep meticulous documentation of every, you know, when things have happened. So this is, so I'll give you number five. Number five is to build a timeline. Number five is to build a timeline. This is, this is a little bit of advice that somebody gave me that seemed really silly at first when I first was involved in a lawsuit is they said, keep a timeline of events because usually it takes a long time to get into court, sometimes years and years and years. And the details will become fuzzy about how things happened and when they happened and why they happened and, and what happened exactly. And you know, when you get to a court, it's all about having your details tight. It's all about having a clear story and having evidence and documentation that supports it. Well, even a very honest person can lose sight of the actual facts of like, wait, what, when was that? Did that happen first or did that happen first? And wait, when did that? And who actually said that? Like, so keep a timeline of dates and, and descriptions. The moment you realize things are turning south with, with a relationship and you go, hey, this might be heading towards a lawsuit or this this is starting to head towards getting lawyers involved, build a timeline. And, or, and if you're in one now, go backwards and reconstruct a timeline of exactly what happened because even as you can keep a documentation of the timeline of events, it'll help you remember important details that you forgot and it'll help you corroborate things and so build a, build a timeline because it also will help you refute things when the other side is intimidating you and scaring you and, you know, blowing hot air and like, you know, doing all these things. When you have a timeline, you go, hey, if we ever get into court, even though they're saying nasty things in the letter and, you know, that's why I say don't read it because it's like, it's not at all about being factual. It's, it's just about getting you emotional. But when we get into court, you go, yeah, I'm not going to be worried about that because I can prove it because this happened, this happened, this happened, and then I can document all of it, right? So keep meticulous documentation. And part of that is building a timeline. <laughs> 
Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. And and when I say meticulous documentation, you know, this ties into number six, have contracts, have contracts, have dates, keep your contracts, keep your email threads. If you start to think that something is heading towards a lawsuit, then do the work now of going back and extrapolating all of the email correspondence and keeping all of the written correspondence. And this is the other thing, get people to commit what they're saying to writing because I'll, again, don't ask me how I know, but there are people who will make promises to you and promises to you and promises to you through the spoken word and then they will never write it down. They will never, because they can say whatever you, whatever they want. They can tell you, you know, this is while you're working together or, you know, whatever, like whatever the situation is of your relationship. They can make you all sorts of promises. They can tell you all sorts of great things and they can make you think they would never not follow through. But I'm telling you, this has not only happened to me personally, where they have said something, I've completely believed it. And then they flat out lied completely lied in a court of law. They've lied. People will do this, right? And I'm not referencing any specific case or anything here. I'm just saying in general that this will happen. The lawyers, lawyer friends that I have, they tell me, they go, Rory, that happens all the time. People get into court and they lie. That's what they do. You know, they swear oath on the Bible and then they lie. They, because for some people, it doesn't, it's, it's not about right and wrong. It's just about winning and losing. And that is really sad, but it's true. And you, and I'm telling you, it'll be people you never, ever thought. And it will, it'll be people who, you know, looked you in the eye and promised you this and that they swore up and down, they could be counted on. And so get it committed in writing, get it documented. Um, if you can get it in an agreement, if you can't get in an agreement, get it in a written email, get it in an, an employee handbook, get it, get something that says like, Hey, here's the documentation of when they told me this. And, and I will tell you if somebody is making promises to you, but they delay and kick the can on getting it writing, that's a red flag, a major red flag that they'll make promises to you, but they won't commit it to writing because that's that they know they can be held to that. So that is something that is a red flag. Now, I do believe, you know, this is, you know, something that Dave Ramsey said, which I agree with him and uh, I do, I agree and I disagree. What I agree with is he said one time, he said, if, if I can't trust the person's handshake, then the contract doesn't matter anyway. And I do agree with that, right? If, if I can't trust their handshake, if they're going to screw me, they're going to screw me, whether it's in writing or not. The difference is, if I think I can trust their handshake and it turns out that they're willing to lie and they're willing to compromise their integrity later, the fact that I have it in writing means 
even if they're going to try to take advantage of me, I have a real strong negotiating basis. Whereas if it's just the spoken word, I do not because it's my word against theirs and nobody really, you can never really prove that. And in certain places, you know, even recordings aren't admissible into court. Uh, you know, there's certain circumstances where they are and they are not. But so keep meticulous documentation. You know, that's number four. Build a timeline, number five. Number six, get it in writing and written contracts. And here's something else that I've learned about lawsuits. Your interpretation of written contracts is pretty much as good as any. Like one of the things that we've done at Brand Builders Group is our employment agreements our vendor agreements, our affiliate agreements, our customer agreements, we try to write them in plain English now, right? I'm like, because we've been in situations and environments where there's been all this fancy legalese and you're like, what exactly does that mean? And then you get to court or you get into, you know, a settlement discussion or you get to negotiations and nobody really knows. Like it's completely up for interpretation. So another naive mistake that I made is I kind of assumed, Oh, like the lawyers will be able to interpret this. They'll know exactly what that means. And they're and then they read it and they go, no, I, I think I feel the same way as you. I, when I read it, I think the same way. And I'm going, well, why is it written in such crazy language, right? So one of the things that we've tried to do is a part of attempting to avoid lawsuits, right? We don't ever want to have to sue anyone. We certainly don't want to be sued, um, but we don't want to have to sue people. And we go, we just write that we write our agreements in plain English so that the goal is not to trick someone. It's not, at least for us, right? The goal is not to take advantage of somebody. It's like to lay out on paper and your, if you can't understand it, then don't sign it. Like it should, it should be straightforward. Don't think that, oh, it has to have fancy legalese in order to be enforceable. Not at all. Your interpretation of it is as good as anyone's. And if you can't understand it, you shouldn't sign it. It's so that is really, really important. And, and you should, you got to get things in writing and have a copy of it because if not, that's just a sign that like you guys aren't on the same page or you're dealing with someone who is maybe not super honest and they don't really have every intention of following through on their word. And that happens a lot. Like if they can't show you the detail, if they can't, if they, if they get dodgy in any way around like, you know, Hey, we're negotiating a contract of some type, like, we got to get this thing in writing. Like if it's an agreement, what are we, what is there to hide? There shouldn't be anything to hide, but just, just beware of that and, and get it in writing. And then, you know, number seven, and, and this is the part that's most heartbreaking to me. And I hate having to share this, but if, you know, again, I've been involved in multiple lawsuits. I've been on the board of organizations that have been involved with lawsuits. I have lots of friends who have been involved in lawsuits or, you know, been in lawsuits. And when I say lawsuits, it's like, you know, sometimes it goes to court. Sometimes it gets settled and resolved. Sometimes it's just a bunch of threatening lawyers back and forth. And, you know, it comes to some agreement. You know, sometimes it's just nasty people saying, if you don't do this, I'll then I'll, you know, take action. But all of those things, unfortunately, what I have found is that it's not really about justice. It's often the person who wins is often not the person who is right. It's often not the person who is ethical. Unfortunately, the person who wins typically is the person who has the most money and who has the longest timeline. 
because if you have a lot of money and you can pay a lot of lawyer fees, you can scare people, you can intimidate them, and you also can drag things out. You can appeal things, you can delay things. And understand this, that there is a playbook that some people will run against you. And that playbook is to drain your bank account to where you are forced to acquiesce to terms that terms that that are less than favorable for you. And it is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever experienced to see, you know, to be involved with people that you trust and that you think are good people, but to then watch these scenarios where there is a playbook that they're running just meant to drain the other side of cash. And this happened. And, 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 you know, here's another thing you should do. You should watch Suits. I know this is silly, but if you're involved in a lawsuit, you should watch the the TV series. It's called Suits. It's an amazing show. It's really, really a, a, a fun show. But if you're new to lawsuit, you've never been sued or you've never sued someone and you, fi you find yourself where you have to, you should watch that show because it teaches you a lot of just how it works. And you see like, oh, nobody is actually interested in figuring out what's the right thing to do. No one is really interested in fairness. It's just about winning. And it is really, I, I hate to paint such a sad picture of humanity, but that is how it often gets to. And that's why it's like, if you can avoid the lawsuit on the front end, do it. Because by the time you get into a lawsuit, it's like people abandon all ethics, all morals, all decency, all you know, human dignity, all respect, honesty, integrity. Those things go out the window quickly in the name of winning, in the name of you know taking you to the house and the and being right and being the victor and having power over you. And it is sad and I'm, you know, I'm hating to, to say it. And I'm, this is not just, these things I'm sharing with you are not just from one episode in my life. These are from having multiple episodes, uh, multiple experiences, some more involved and more painful than others, but witnessing them. We have clients at Brand Builders Group who are, you know, we, we've had four clients that are billionaires, like in the last year and a half or something, like four with a B, billionaires. We have lots of clients that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. We're around a lot of wealthy people. And many of them have lawyers on staff and on retainer for nothing other than fighting off frivolous lawsuits, right? Because they're they're so wealthy. And that's like, I mean, man, you know, on the one hand, it's like, must be nice to be that wealthy. On the other hand, it's more money, more problems, you know, and people are just suing you for, for insane stuff. And sometimes people pretend to sue you just so that you'll settle, just so you'll go it away. So it'll go away because it's cheaper to settle the, the matter than to take it into court and pay all the lawyer fees. So this is, it's really sad. Like, and so that's why it's like the best thing you can do is avoid this and, and, and avoid people who seem litigious and that, you know, want to get involved in these, these kinds of things. And I would say, you know, being around people who are not narcissistic in nature or in tendency, those are risky ones because like you heard on the interview, or if you didn't go listen to the interview with Rebecca, they're very serious about just demonstrating their power over you, their control over you. And in, in many cases, it's even more about that than money. They want to own you. They want to defeat you. They want to, in a way, it's like they want to kill you, even though they may not want to physically kill you. It's like they want to see you 
cry. They want to see you squirm. They want to destroy you. They want to destroy your reputation. And it's like, it's not actually about who was right or what is fair or even what the law says. It's really about who has the ability to persevere longer. And a lot of that has to do with how long can you be peaceful? How long, you know, like how long can you handle all these nasty lawyer letters and not get upset? It's also how long can you be peaceful knowing that you have a lawsuit going on, which is not, it consumes a massive amount of stress. It creates a lot, a lot of stress. And the other one is who has the longer financial runway, right? If someone has a financial runway and, and I would say, you know, I would add this to the conversation. Not only would you try not, would you try to avoid a lawsuit? I mean, try to avoid getting into one with somebody or being around people who might get you into one, but do the right thing yourself. Try to abide by contracts, right? If if you make a commitment to do something, do it because you don't want to be on the receiving end of a breach of contract. It's like, you know, it, it comes down on the one hand, you would say it comes down to integrity, but unfortunately it doesn't. Unfortunately, people can sue you for anything and they can really make your life miserable even if you did not only if you did nothing wrong, but even if you do everything right, they can still make your life miserable. And so a lot of it just comes down to the people and treating people with kindness and treating people with respect. And I would say this too, like the more that you, the harder you punch, you know, it's typically the the harder they're going to punch back. Like if you get into a lawsuit, it quickly spirals out of control. And that's why it's like, I think the strategy is to neutralize, right? Like neutralize, neutralize, neutralize to the best you can. But I've been a part of multiple scenarios where it was like, I was doing everything that I could to neutralize it, to not to go, here's how this could go down very amicably. Here's how we can end this quickly. And sometimes people didn't want to, they want to bury you. They want you to hurt and and many times they're willing to do whatever. And I know that's not a great picture of humanity, but that's where it's like, you want to stay out of this if you can. But if you can't and you get involved, try to stay logical, try to neutralize and keep documentation and you know, build the timeline, get the contracts in writing, keep your email threads, go back and audit that. And you know, I'll say the other thing is, is be nice and be nice even even when they're being mean to you be nice because if you end up going to discovery and this has happened to me before where they can make claims that you're saying all these nasty things if you go into discovery the court can say give me your phone give me your email accounts give me your bank accounts and they get to audit all of them and that has happened to us and we've been in a scenario where where somebody swore up and down that we were doing some things and saying certain things. And that happened. They got to go through all of our email, our financial records, our phone accounts. And it sure served us well when they came up completely empty. There was no cussing. There was no, you know, there was, we weren't doing the things they were saying. We weren't saying nasty things about them. And, you know, for them to be left empty handed shows a lot about our character and you know, that was important to us just because it's the right thing to do, but it also can play really, really well, right? So you certainly don't want to be firing off nasty emails about people to them or even internally to your friends and your family or, you know, other people in the company, like that will come back on you. And so 
those are some things. Those are seven ideas for how to win a lawsuit, you know, and namely by winning, we're saying try not to have it and try not to get wrapped up in it. And so I do think ultimately kindness and treating people and integrity is the best strategy on the front end. And then, you know, once you get involved, you know, you're trying to, if you get sucked into it and in multiple cases, we've been pulled into it where it's like, you know, we were either an innocent kind of third party that got pulled into something or somebody came after us. And, you know, I do believe where it's like the truth will set you free in every scenario, the truth has set us free. And one of my biggest philosophies in life is to live a life that stands up to the scrutiny of transparency to go. If someone did audit everything and they did, they did get access to look at your phone records and your email and all of your text messages and your, where you're spending your money to go. I'm not willingly going to turn that over to somebody just because I don't want to. And cause it's private, but that if somebody did, you go, I have nothing to hide, right? Like, go ahead and look at my internet browsing history. Go ahead and look at my bank account. Like, go ahead and follow, you know, put a private investigator and follow me around. You're going to see that I'm an honest person. I'm not taking advantage of people. But that doesn't mean people won't try to take advantage of you. It doesn't mean they won't lie. It doesn't mean they won't say horrible things to get you, you know, fired up. It doesn't mean that they won't waste their money just to try to get you to burn out all of yours. So try to stay out of it, try to, you know, try to avoid the fight, try to be around good and kind people, keep great documentation, build a timeline, get it in writing, and then ultimately realize it's not about justice. It's it's often about, you know, who can last the marathon without going crazy or going broke. And if you do that, you'll ultimately you'll get there. And I do ultimately believe the truth will will set you free. So not the most uplifting content I know, but boy, if you know someone who is in a lawsuit or is being threatened by one, I think it would be good to, to share this with them. I certainly wish that I would have had something like this in the times that uh, myself or organizations I've been a part of, or my friends, other entrepreneurs have been involved in lawsuits because having the perspective of someone who's been through one that. Uh, can really be helpful, even even though a lot of times they can't share specific details because a lot of times lawsuits end up getting resolved with confidentiality clauses and things like that. But somebody can sure give you a lot of perspective, and that helped me too. I've part of how I know a lot of this is I've talked to a lot of people who've been in a lot of lawsuits, and it's good to have their perspective. To, that for many of them, they go, yeah, lawsuits is a part of business and a part of life, and you, you learn to be desensitized to it, which you know, again, isn't the most beautiful thing, but you go, it's kind of like, you know, paying your taxes or something. You go, yeah, I don't love it, but I got to do it and I got to deal with it. And it's a, it's a, it becomes a piece of the business, you know, that you just, you can do. So try to be nice to people, do everything you can. But I think the thing also that I want you to know is that if you find yourself sucked up into a lawsuit, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Sometimes people are, literally thinking that they can take advantage of you because they there's a lot of people who will assume your kindness is weakness and kindness is not weakness kindness is incredible strength and the people who have misunderstood our kindness as weakness you know it ended up costing them 
you know, uh, a, a, it, it was a misinterpretation, right? To go kindness and weakness are not the same thing. Kindness and strength are the same thing. And, you know, you can get sucked into this. You can be a perfectly honest, hardworking, ethical, kind human and still find yourself unexpectedly in a lawsuit and people can be trying to just take advantage of you and trying to hurt you even when you did everything by the agreement and by what is right. So don't take that personal either because that can weigh heavily on you of like, gosh, there must be something wrong with me. And you know, if you listen to the other side, there's probably a good chance they're going to try to make you feel that way. They're going to play into that. So you can be a good person and you can step through a lawsuit in an honest, ethical fashion. You can let the facts surface for themselves. Just don't get caught up in firing off the hate and making the threats and doing those things that will just spiral out of control and make it more expensive and more time consuming, which makes it even more expensive and more emotion it has more emotional cost. So like everything, you know, do your best to be a good person. Sometimes you got to step in and, and you, it has to get resolved legally in that point, whoever has the most documentation and details is going to have the upper hand and just be patient and peaceful and the truth will ultimately set you free. I hope that's encouraging to somebody out there right now who needs it either today or someday in the future. And uh, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 